Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. Well, praise the Lord. John 14, 12. Jesus says something so important, and he's talking to you. He says, verily, verily, I say to you, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I want you to know that God is expecting us to do great works. Amen. He's talking to you. God is positioning you to do something that is major and above normal. And, you know, have you, have you ever bought something, maybe a gadget, that did more than what you expected? You know, I went out and I got this little Apple Watch where I want to try to track my walking. And I was like, okay. I went to Best Buy and they said, well, get yourself an Apple Watch. You know, plus looks pretty cool. You know, tells time. You know, it counts all kinds of cool things. And so I just wanted it to count my steps. So I got this and all I was using it for was really to tell time, tell when I got a text here and there, and count my steps. And then I was sitting with somebody and they said, do you know that that watch does so much more? And this is not a commercial for Apple, although if you want to send us a free couple watches, we'll accept it. That We'll receive it in Jesus' name. And so, well, I was blown away when I found out that it does this. It can open my car door. It can track my husband's heartbeat and send it to me. It can dive down with me, I guess, 100 feet in the water. It can unlock my computer. It can tell me how to get home, and it can even order me dinner. But, you know, the amazing thing is I didn't even know it had the potential. I thought it just offered me the three things I was looking for, but instead I find out it has much more inside. I want you to know that you've got much more inside of you, amen? And you've got more potential that you have not even tapped into. Sometimes we think, well, this is all God made me for. And I want you to know that he puts so much stuff inside of you, you don't even know, you haven't even unlocked the God potential in your life. You see, there's greater things that you will do in the name of Jesus. You know, when Jesus said that I have done great works, but you will do greater, I want you to tell you God's not giving you a compliment. He's not trying to boost you and make you feel good. But what he's saying is that there's an assignment with your name on it. You see, he's calling you to do something in his name. There are great things in store for you. And he has anointed you to do them in his name. Isn't time passing too quick? See, the older you get, you just want to put the brakes on everything. You see, here's the deal, is that instead of leaping into the vision and provision and the greater things assignment God has for you, sometimes we get distracted. You see, in my life, I have found myself sometimes distracted and impatient. And even there's been times where I've jumped ahead of God. And so sometimes situations will land itself on my lap that look good, right? Opportunities that look good. They sound good. They feel right. It even looks like God's doing it. But how many of you know they're not right? And sometimes they're a distraction from the destination that God has in store for you. 
You see, we can get caught up in that. And here's the thing is that if we are all honest today, that we've all been guilty of becoming impatient or distracted. But here's the thing is that God has sometimes this for us, but no, what we do is we settle for this because we don't want to wait on God. God says, I have this, and it's amazing if you'll just hold out. You know, I, I knew when I started writing books, I really about 10 years ago is when I wanted to first start writing a book. And I thought that was a moment and that was a timing and I made notes and I went ahead and did all of my stuff. And then all of a sudden my life shifted and different responsibilities came into my life. And how many of you know that book just sat there for 10 years? And we can be tempted to think that God didn't want us to do that, but sometimes it's not the season. And sometimes God's saying, wait, I'm going to take you through something. So when you write the book, you really got a good ending. Amen. And so sometimes we have to wait on God for his season. We settle for good when God has great. So if we're not careful, we can allow other things to take the place of what we're really supposed to be doing for the Lord. I met this Italian guy and I thought this was God's plan for my life. But how many of you know you can get distracted and not hear from God and God has great for you? And that turned into a long season of just kind of misery. They say love is blind, but love is blind and dumb. And sometimes you just straight not listening. And I was going through things and I would try to convince everybody that this was God's plan. He had a couple problems. We'll just pray him away, right? And sometimes we get caught up into a distraction and God's saying, I got this destination that I need you at. And you get caught up in things that look like the real thing, smell like the real thing, but they're not the real thing, baby. And so if we're not careful, we're distracted from God's perfect will. You see, my impatience to wait on God for his best will for my life caused a delay in arrival. You see, sometimes God's just waiting there and he is waiting for you, but you're busy doing things that he never asked you to do. And that's what was happening in my life because I didn't wait upon the Lord. I missed out on a season of God's perfect and peaceful will. How many of you know that when you're in the center of God's will, it's the most peaceful time of your life? When we make our own decisions, sometimes we're in the valleys. But when we listen to God, you're walking up there and sometimes you're on a mountaintop. And so that's why we want to make sure that God is giving us the direction for our life. Sometimes we believe what's right in front of us is the best that God has for us. You know, when it comes to your God assignment, somebody here may even be wondering, what can God do with me? What can he do with me? Or someone may even be thinking, you know, God, he doesn't need me. He's got so many other more talented people. Why would he make a plan with my name on it? Or maybe you say, my time is past. Or I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. You know, I'm not the person for God. I'm not, I don't have that anointing in my life. And what could God possibly need me for? Or maybe you're that person that had a really high moment in your walk with the Lord. And you say, God, use me back then. My season must be over. You see, we're tempted to think in so many different ways. Maybe you feel the nudging of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, since the beginning of this year, and you say it's time to get up again and do something great for the Lord, but you don't know how. You know, maybe you feel like life is unfair, and you say, Pastor Rosa, you don't know the mountain that I'm facing. I want to do things for God, but here's my life, and it just doesn't look like a clear path to big and greater works for the Lord. I want you to know that no matter what comes your way, God is not surprised by your situation. Amen. He didn't send it or allow it to defeat you, but it's there to increase you. Amen. You see, we don't learn when we're on the mountaintop. We learn how to dig and how to get strong when we're in the valley. Amen. How many of you can look back to the valley and say, I didn't like the valley, but I learned in the valley. How many of you can remember, man, I just felt like I'd never get above water. But if I didn't learn in the valley, I wouldn't swim so good today. Amen. You see, we need those difficult times to help us do what God meant us to do. God is depending on you. There are people waiting for you. And God has anointed you to do greater things. Don't you think I'm not the one? See, you'll go to work and you'll look at somebody and you will be tempted to think, you know, it's not me that's going to bring them God's love. It's somebody else. There's somebody more spiritual. But I want to tell you that God has something that only you can do. He has assigned something for you to do for him. You see, God wants to increase your faith so you can walk boldly and confidently into your God destiny. Amen. You see, in the Bible, we know about Jesus. He did some great works, amen? You see, Jesus fed 5,000 people. He healed the blind, and God's saying, I need you to do greater things. So he fed 5,000. He healed the sick, he, the injured, infirm, turned water into wine. He stopped the winds and the waves. This is the Jesus that's talking to you. He says, I've been doing these things but I need you to do bigger things. Can you imagine he stood on a boat and just shut it all down? He raised the dead, including himself. So what does Jesus mean when he says that we would do greater things than him? I want us to go back to our text and we're gonna look at John 14 and we're gonna continue, I'm sorry, John 14, 12. And it says this, very, uh, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will be even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And we're going to go to verse 13. It says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Maybe you say, how can this be? How can this be? Jesus walked on water. He raised the dead. He did so many miracles. How can I do greater works than Jesus? Sometimes we read the scripture so fast. It says the works I've been doing. So this morning, what work did Jesus come to do? What work did he come to do? Luke 19.10 says this. For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. Amen. So we know that Jesus did many miracles. He's the great physician. He is the great counselor. He is the great teacher. He's the great supplier. But the greatest thing that Jesus came to do was save the lost. You see, there was a lot of great things, but his purpose was to get people to understand they can have eternal life through him. 
If you're taking notes, say greater works is to reach the lost. You see, winning a soul is better than raising somebody from the dead. You raise somebody from the dead, guess what? They're going to die again. I'll guarantee it. But if you will tell them about Jesus, they will live forever. You see, we can't all be preachers, but we can all be reachers. How many people you run into every day that need to hear about Jesus? When somebody's going through something, man, bring the power of Jesus Christ into that moment and say, we're going to pray right now. And this is where sometimes I think as Christians, we get afraid to do things like that. We think, well, I don't know how to quote scripture. I don't know how to sound religious, right? Because religious people got language, right? And so I don't talk Christianese. I, I can't do this. What if he thinks I'm too simple? So don't get caught up disqualifying yourself for something that Jesus has called you to do. Amen? Amen. Well, Peter, here's Peter, and he addresses a crowd that is in utter amazement. Jesus goes to heaven. All of a sudden, there's Pentecost. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. All of this stuff is happening, and the people are still mocking God. And you know what Peter does? He begins to witness to them. You see, Peter was the guy that denied Jesus three times. After they came and got Jesus, and Jesus said, you're going to deny me. And Jesus like, man, I'm your homie. I got your back. I'm not going to deny you. And all of a sudden, they take Jesus. Peter turns his back and denies him. He might have thought he was disqualified. Sometimes we think our past disqualifies us from the greater things. How many of you know that's a lie from the enemy, amen? And so here's Peter. Amazing things are happening. People are still mocking God. You know what he does? We're going to read it in Acts 2, 3, 6, 2, 36, and 41. Peter's talking to the people. He says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, what shall we do? See, the anointing got on his life and the conviction began to convict the people. And Peter says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, from all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded them and said, save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. And it says about 3,000 were added to their number that day. You see, Peter began to do greater work. Later on in Acts 4, it says 5,000 more souls were saved. And that was more souls that were ever saved during Jesus' time on earth. You see, Peter did some great things. You see, in order for us to do greater work, we have to know our purpose. And our purpose is to win souls. Here is the promise. John 14, 13 and 14 says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you're somebody praying for your child that's gone away from the Lord, if you will ask in his name, he will do it. Don't you worry about them. They may take a little long to come to Jesus, but they're coming. Amen? Your family is coming to Jesus. And how do we get that promise? By prayer. We ask in his name. 
prayer is your access to greater works. You see, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Amen? I want to give you three keys to praying and getting results. Three things. It's really, really simple. And the first thing is that you have to believe in the right person. He that believeth on me. That's what the Bible says. The second thing is pray with the right power. In my name. And how many of you know that's the name of Jesus? So we'll pray with the right person. We'll pray with the right power. And thirdly, you're going to do it with the right purpose. See, sometimes we're confused and we come to Jesus like he's a genie. And we want to start our prayer time off and ask him for everything. When we start off in prayer, we are supposed to send praises up. And so we got to learn how to take a little time and just thank him for what he's already done in your life. And so when you pray, try to listen to yourself and see if you're asking, amen, or you're praising. But the Bible says that we need to pray with purpose. So we're going to do it with the right purpose that the Father may be glorified. Greater works are done through prayer. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And how many of you knew the two major commandments in Matthew? It says that we are to love God and we are to love others. See, you can never do greater works if you don't love God first and then love others. Finally, Jesus says this, John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. You see, the Holy Spirit is with you. Amen. And he's our comforter and he brings things to remembrance and he goes before us. I remember when I got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, that did something so powerful for me because there's times when you don't even have words. Have you ever been there? You're going through something so great and only speaking in tongues and praying in the Holy Spirit can get to God. Amen. Because I had no more words and he interceded for me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus knew he'd need help, and so he didn't abandon us. And he's saying, I'm going to come alongside you with the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, and help you do great works. So, are we going to do sensational things? Are we going to stop the wind? Are we going to stop the wave? Some of you have done mission trips. Some of you have gone to your neighbor behind you and told them about Christ. And so those are the things that God needs you to do. You know, Jesus departed this world through death, resurrection, and exaltation. And it was a prerequisite. See, he had to do that in order for us to be released to go into our mission. And Jesus speaks this. In John 16, 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't, if I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I'm going to send them to you. If you ever for a moment are afraid to tell somebody about Jesus, you just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to work inside you. Amen. He will give you the anointing and the words. So watch this. I don't want you to miss this. Jesus had to die on the cross and go be with his Father in heaven so the Holy Spirit could come down and equip you to do greater things. You know, the Lord has impressed one thing on my heart and the main reason sometimes that we settle for less. You ever felt like you're settling for less? Have you ever felt like you know that God intended you to do more and you're just settling? I think the main reason sometimes 
that we aren't receiving his best is because we're okay with good. We're okay with less. And God says, I need you to do so much more. The question is, are you committed to God's best for your life? You see, as long as you can live with less than God's best, you'll be okay with living a less than greater life. You see, something on the inside has to switch. I had an aunt, many of you heard my dad's story. My grandmother would pray and pray and pray that my dad would come off of the streets. She went to a little tiny uh, uh, Spanish church called John 316. She took a little hanky and, and just said to the pastor, would you anoint it? And she would hide it in my dad's jacket or under his bed. She did everything she could in prayer. And I want to talk to you about that power of prayer. If you want to do greater works, you got to learn how to pray like there's no tomorrow. My grandma's sister came to live with us. And I was 15, 16 years old. And my mom announces to me that our aunt is coming to live with us. I said, oh, well, that's so great. We love her. She's really nice. Then the second announcement was she's moving in your room. But one thing my aunt would always do is that she would pull out this little towel and the little holes in the knees were gone and she would sit right by my bed and she would lay it out at 5.30 in the morning, get on her knees and begin to pray at the top of her lungs without stopping. I'm not talking about a two minute prayer. This went on and on and on. I would lay in that bed and I would begin to pray, Lord, do you hear people at 7.30, not 5.30? Because can you just wait an hour, auntie? And all that time she was praying, you know what I didn't realize? Those prayers were creeping up on my bed and getting on me, amen? That anointing from that faithful servant was getting on me, amen? And if you will learn how to pray, believing that when you see a mountain, the Bible says that if you say, be thee removed, it will go, amen? And see, my aunt was a prayer warrior like that. She lived till she was 90, I don't know, it was 92, 94 and she never stopped praying and she saw big miracles in her life. God wants to raise somebody up here to do greater works, amen. But he needs to hear from you. He needs to hear your voice. I want to challenge you to step into that. Look, there's people that are dying all around you. There are some really cool people you know, but they don't know Jesus. And as good as they are, if they don't have an encounter with Jesus Christ, how many of you know that they are going to go to hell and that's real and we don't want to talk about hell, right? We don't want to talk. We talk about heaven all day long because it makes it so good. But I have a conviction in my heart that I just can't walk by people and get to know you too good without telling you that Jesus can set you free because I want you to have the same opportunity as I do in heaven. But today the message is to you. Jesus is calling and he's saying we need people that will step out and do greater works from him. We can't be a church that just comes week after week after week sitting in the pews and we won't step up and do anything for Jesus. Jesus is asking us to dedicate our life to him. You may not be a preacher, but you're in a workplace and you're surrounded by people that are dying all around you and you walk in and you walk out and you walk in with your Jesus and you take your Jesus out every day. And Jesus is saying, my goodness, I need you to tell them that I love them too, amen. And you know, it takes some courage sometimes, but I want to tell you that that's where the Holy Spirit comes on our life, amen. And he is your comforter and he guides you. Jesus had really good friends and they were Mary and Martha and they were buddies and they were like, you know, they were close to Jesus. All of a sudden, Mary and Martha are facing a big child. Lazarus gets sick 
and they send a letter to Jesus. And they're like, you know what? We're, Jesus is going to come because it's us. I know he's going to show up. I know he's going to come and do it. Well, what does Jesus do? He waits. In fact, he waits four days. And Lazarus is in the tomb already. He dies. And he's in the tomb. And when he shows up, Martha's like, man, where were you? If you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. And later, her sister comes out and says, Jesus, man, I was counting on you. Man, if you were here, if you're here when I needed you, this wouldn't have happened. And the Bible says that when they cried, Jesus cried with them. It says he wept. He stood right there. I want you to know when you go through things, Jesus weeps with you. Amen. But he doesn't abandon you. And so here they are, and they're talking to Jesus. But Jesus says this. Jesus is deeply moved, but he says this. He says, take away the stone. And I can just hear Martha. And she says, Jesus, don't do it. Don't do it. The Bible says she tried to warn Jesus. She said, Jesus, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It probably has an odor. He's been dead. It stinks. And you're not going to like what you see, Jesus. I can imagine her right now. You're too late, Jesus. But Jesus said, didn't I tell you? Have you ever had a parent tell you, didn't I tell you it's going to be okay? Jesus turned to them and said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? And he cries out with a loud voice, and he says, Lazarus, come out. And here's Lazarus, comes out, wrapped up, his face is wrapped up, and Jesus said, unbind that man. Take off all of that. He said, unbind him and let, us, let him go. You know, they were praying for a healing. Right? Those girls were counting on a healing. But let me tell you what God had in store. He didn't have a healing. That would have been easy. Jesus had a miracle in store for them. Amen? Sometimes you want this little thing and God's got, look, just hold on, hold still, because what I got for you is greater. And he had a miracle in store for that family. And some of you today need a roll the stone away experience. You see, you have settled for your situation. And you are trapped up into a situation with a stone. And you need Jesus to come by into your life and say, roll that stone away. It's time for you to live and not die. I need you to do great things. Invite Rosalinda to speak at your meeting or group. Go to rosalinda.live for more details. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.